All right, whenever you're ready. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How are you doing, brother? Good, Jeremy. How about yourself? Oh, good. I feel tired right now, but I'm good. So our uh, Awana kicked up again, which is like a thing that kids go to Thursday nights. And it goes till 8. It's, it's not that bad. It's not that late. And then we were driving home last night. And one of my kids get a text. Did someone from your family leave their home here? Or leave their phone here? And I'm like, ugh. I was, I was sitting there on my phone and then one of my friends came up and I was, I set my phone down on one of the couches and started talking to him. And then it's like, okay, guys, let's go. Left my phone. So we had to drive all the way back to town into the city and pick up my phone and come back. Oh man, I was so mad at myself. Uh, but you got it back. Oh, well. Yes, I did get it back. Yep. But, you know, it's frustrating right now. Well, we're in like a super duper cold snap. It's minus 35 Celsius here. Tomorrow's low is minus 40. And the roads are bad in the city. Like the highways are fine. As soon as you get out of the city, everything's dry. Because when it started snowing, it was like minus 30 and blowing snow. So nothing sticks. But in the city, man, like the intersections are skating rinks. Like it is crazy. Like, I've got all-wheel drive, I've got good winter tires, and I'm like a, a cat on the ice with my vehicle, but there's some intersections that you just, you give her the gas, and it's just, you can't do anything about it. You're just barely moving, man. Barely moving. It's crazy. But, uh, how's things going for you? Oh, good. Our weather's been bipolar this week. Is it? <laughs> it's had an absolute tiny dusting of snow, a ton of rain. And then for this time of year, it was warm yesterday. It was in the uh, low 50 Fahrenheit. And uh, had some rain overnight, stopped. And then right when I came downstairs this morning, uh, at 7.30, it started raining again. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's uh, you kind of look around and everywhere seems to be having crazy weather. Yeah, it's like cyclical I, I weather that we get on Earth. Five, six years ago, crazy weather. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, what you been up to? Um, a little f getting frustrated with. You know, um, I'm going to say almost irrationally frustrated with, I don't know, things like Amazon, GoPro. Uh, oh, no. Other things. Yeah, yeah, I, ordered you that, didn't get your... I ordered the GoPro, and it got here last week, last mm -hmm. Friday, in fact. Uh, right after the show, 
But then you can't set up your GoPro at all. You know, you have to charge each individual piece individually. Uh, What'd you get? The uh, GoPro 12 Creator Series. Mm. Oh, okay. So you got like the battery stick, the light, the Volta, and all that. And uh, oh, okay. Anyway, so then I, I, you know, go to just set it up, pair it with the app. Oh no, you can't do that without a SIM card or a micro SD card. How am I going to film it? Really? Oh, we don't care. Wow. And and that's one of the two that's biggest crazy. complaints about the GoPros right now, other than the same old, same old complaints about, I don't know, randomly deleting, randomly not recording, audio dropping, <laughs> all that. It's just you cannot set it up without the app unless you go through this horrendous rigmarole to do it. Hmm. And then, uh, you know, why do you have to, uh, you know, do all this other stuff just to be able to update the stupid GoPro? Yeah. And it's electronic, so I understand why it doesn't come ready to go right out of the box because, you know, it could have been made Wednesday, Friday, the, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a, a software update or a firmware update, and you don't get it till. Whatever. I get that. That's yeah. no big deal. Every electronic mm-hmm. does that. Yeah. But uh, then I had ordered some other stuff. Oh, the the micro SD cards I ordered uh, from Amazon. They were supposed to be here. And you know, Amazon will tell you, you know, this is when we think you're going to get it a day or two or three days, or on this date, if you order within mm-hmm. the next three hours. If I want to be here tomorrow, I ordered it. And as soon as I got the, like, uh, email saying, hey, we got your order, mm-hmm. boom. Yeah, we're not going to be able to ship it when we thought. Oh, wow. <laughs> you all a bunch of liars, aren't you? That's funny. And then since, yeah. well, whatever. So I finally got those yesterday and got the GoPro all set up. And then it wouldn't work. Well, that's weird. Yeah, so I had to completely restore it to factory defaults and then do it all over again. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. Hmm. But that's one example of, you know... Crappy electronic. At the same time, I ordered the GoPro. A couple of days, well, no, about two days later, ordered brand new professional studio headphones from when we Ooh. record the show. And mm-hmm. I got the brand new Rode NTH100. Ooh, sounds fancy. Yes, they are. Um, they can be plugged in left or right. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, just I'll be darned if you didn't get it out of the box, plug it in, and they work, and they're phenomenal. Huh. 
Yeah, they look nice. Oh, they are. Super That's comfy. Cool, man. They're lockable, so every time you put them on, you don't have to go through this adjustment process. They just oh, fit. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. That's cool. Yeah, I've, I've been using uh, bows. Oh, I'm losing bows? you. Uh, I keep getting warnings about internet. Oh, poor internet. I always use... Um, I've had a pair of Bose noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. I've had this pair, I bet, for... Well, it was before we moved out to our... is when we lived in Aspen Creek, so that has to be like... Dude, I've probably had this pair of headphones for 12 years, I think. And they still work. They work phenomenal. I, I bought the noise-canceling originally when I was uh, working at home as a photographer because I'd be editing... And it was so distracting to edit like photos when the kids are upstairs doing school. And so this was our solution. But yeah, they work good. Yeah, having good, I love, love good audio. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Like if you got really good, like I got decent speakers out in the shop. When I turn it up loud, I can feel the music and I can hear it crystal clear. I love that. It's so nice. I had I asked for sony studio headphones before but the the earphone the ear cushion thing started to de- you know deteriorating Mm-mm. yeah yeah and yeah get rid of them yeah and i have I've re- bose noise canceling i have two sets but um for some reason i don't want to use them for this i don't know why hmm. i i honestly i have no reason zero um, That's funny. I think it just gave me an opportunity to buy something else. Yeah, those are fun, aren't they? <laughs> Always love a good opportunity just to buy something. That's hilarious. Um, no, I I put new phone cap like ear cups in this one. I found like mine were falling apart because these Bose ones, they're most headphones, they're so soft. The little ear pillows, and um. Once they deteriorate, they tell, they're cheap. Like on Amazon, it's like ten bucks or something, and put them in. Obviously, they're not made by Bose. They're not the exact same OEM stuff, but works for me. It's comfy, but yeah, they're nice. Back when I got when, my uh, second set of Bose headphones, um, right after I got them, um, a Bose licensed some other company that that's all they do is they make. Uh, like memory foam, ear cushions, and other audio equipment. They license them to make memory foam for their uh, things, but then they got into a a contract dispute. Anyway, I got mine in the like 47-day window when they were actually selling them. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, they wound up suing each other. Neither one won, and then they still can't get do business together for some odd reason. Hmm. I've That's heard funny. that a lot about Bose. They're, hmm. They have phenomenal equipment. I'm a huge fan of their earbuds, earphones. I've had Bose speakers for 30 years. You know, um, mm-hmm. my surround sound system for the TV upstairs, if I ever hook it back up, is Bose. 
Hmm. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, working in airports, you go to trade shows, and the trade shows aren't that big. It was like, basically, if you worked at an airport, operated an airport, um, it was like an airport trade show. And so there's like usually four of them a year, and all the same people went there. You know, you got a couple of people that do conveyors. I mean, they were, they were decent size, but like the people that manufacture the airplane tugs were there. The airlines, I don't know. I, I don't think they ever were there because they don't operate airports. They just rent them. But um, there'd be certain booths. And I remember when the Bose headphones really took off. And then all the, the bigger companies, you know, they always have a draw at trade shows. You can put your business card in. They draw one randomly. And I remember there's always a couple tables that had Bose headphones. And I would always make sure. <laughs> like I was always uh, going there to represent. So I had to stand at a booth. And this is when Steph and I were first married. And then I'd tell Steph, I said, okay, you walk around. And you find anywhere there was Bose headphones. And then let me know. And I'll go and I'll hit my card in them. And uh, I never won. But I wanted them for years and years and years and years. And then uh, finally I got them. But they are nice. They are good. And the noise cancellation feature is pretty impressive. In fact, I should have bought these a lot earlier. Because I used to, I used to be on a plane at least once a week. And... I remember trying my dad's one time we were, I don't know where we were flying together, but I put his on. I'm like, wow, it's amazing. It just knocks down that engine hum. Just makes it so much more relaxing on an airplane. And uh, yeah, then I get these and I don't ever fly anywhere again. Uh, we uh, work on airplanes. We always use David Clark's. David Clark's? David Clark headsets. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right on. I think I've heard Kobe talk about that. That's like a famous brand, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. I would say it's for the Aaron. absolute best for um, being a pilot or a ground crew or whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, I cool. say that, okay? But I did lose half my hearing working on airplanes. No, oh, dear. So, is there certain frequencies? Have David, you know, every place I went to didn't always have David Clark. So. Yeah. And those, man, it's ridiculous. I remember working in Tucson, Arizona, and there's an Air Force base there. And the first day we got there, I thought it was the coolest thing on earth to see these fighter jets taken off. And I remember, I don't know, by three o'clock in the afternoon, I was so sick and tired of hearing fighter jets. They, they train like a, I forget how many countries there, but most often they have an average of 120 takeoffs and landings a day of fighter jets of different types. I, I think F-18, I don't know. There's a very common one where they do a lot of training, but those suckers are loud, man. You know it. Oh, yeah. And, ugh. You know, most airports you can work in and, you you know, you're, you're in the baggage hall. So it's like where the tugs come in, grab the suitcases and drive them out to the airplane. And there's the odd airplane taxiing, I don't know, maybe 300 feet to 300 yards away. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You can deal with that every now and then if there's one little way the engine's turned or something. If it's like turning around right in front of the door, you get this noise that comes in. But man, these stupid fighter jets, oh, it was brutal. Like just... You had to have earplugs in all the time. And the, the jet would take off, and then it'd be silent, and it'd be like, hey, this is not bad. 
And then, you know, you take your earplugs out and all of a sudden they do a touch and go. It's like, oh, give me a break. But yeah, that's a that's a brutally noisy environment. I, I honestly wonder if you could work your whole life at an airport around airplanes, even with protection and still come out the other side with unimpaired hearing. I don't know anybody who did. Yeah. I think there's frequencies that they can't protect you from. Well, depends. Um, turbo jet, you can probably protect yourself against all or 99.9%. Turbo fan, no. Mm. There's a frequency in a turbo fan that will go right through. Because we had, when we went from turbojet to turbofan on the airplane, I on the airframe, the type of airplane I worked on most often, um, you had to wear earplugs and earphones at the same time. Mm. Once we went wow. to those jet because or those engines because no amount of zero after um, limited exposure, yes. And for a little while, it was like, you know, an hour. Then like, oh, no, no, it's like 25 minutes of prolonged exposure. After that, you know, there's nothing we can do. Uh, I'm like, yeah, but we're out here 8 to 16 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. What up? What's, what's the difference between a turbojet and a turbofan? A turbofan has a larger inlet and a larger fan and it bypasses part of that around the cone of the compressor and exhaust stage. Yeah. And it mixes kind of as the exhaust leaves the engine, that cold uh, air that had bypassed mixes with it. Oh, okay. And so is that just like more efficient? Just a different way of getting to the same thing. It's supposed to oh, be okay, more gotcha. fuel efficient, but, you know, having done like the non-scientific um, fuel consumptions, because we had to, at one point in the early 90s, we had to track fuel consumption on your mm-hmm. jet when it flew. And we didn't see any change whatsoever. No, gotcha. Hmm. Now, overall, you know, ambient, the uh, engines are a lot quieter, a lot quieter. Working right next to it, that ultra-high frequency, it just... And some of the, you know, some of it's like a dog was a, we can't hear it, but standing there long mm. enough, it just kills that. <laughs> The cilia in your ear. Yeah, that's crazy. So most modern uh, airplane engines are turbofans now, aren't they? Yes. Okay, gotcha. That'd be crazy. I remember... Rock your gut. (laughs) Turbojet. Sorry, what's that? It was was breaking up. Yeah, that uh, ultra low rumble in your gut. Shake the ground, mm-hmm. turbojet. Huh. That's crazy. 
you know, it's uh, it's funny because right now, like where you've got this super duper cold snap, minus 35 degrees this morning. I notice like, and I, I would, I, I've never actually looked at this if I'm, I'm correct or not, but I will state this as my observation as a fact. When it's really cold, you can hear everything better. Like it seems noise transfers better when it's freezing cold. I like I like look up. I'll hear this airplane, and it sounds like it's just flying right above my shop. And I look up. I'm like, why Why does that sound so close? Or I'll I'll hear something like way off in the distance. I'm like, what is that? And then it's like a it's a truck, but I hear it. It's crazy. It's just nuts, man. Yeah, sound travels um, more efficiently in the cold and on water. Mm-hmm. For some reason, and it doesn't make sense yeah. in in a way no. because when it's really hot, like in a jungle, really hot and ultra high humidity, it muffles sound. So why the hell does it work on water? I don't know, but mm-hmm. it does. Surface tension of the water. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things in yeah, science no, that people say, "Oh yeah, I understand that." You're like, "No, you don't." You just yeah, know it's true. Yeah. You don't know how, but you just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, man, we're supposed to get uh, minus 40 degrees is our low for tonight, I think. Not really looking forward to it. But it's funny, like, somehow when you're in these temperatures, even though, like, so I'm working in my shop, and I got my shop at a good temperature, and... But even with this cold, like it gets, it was minus 30 pretty much all day yesterday. And it's weird because it just starts to come through the walls. And I, I'm sure that, you know, when I think about people that have never experienced minus 30, they wouldn't know what I'm talking about, but it is exhausting to your body, even if you're not out in it. Like if you're working in a heated shop all day and it's minus 30, minus 40 outside, it's weird, man. There's a different, like, at the end of the night, last night, I was like, I'm so, like, physically fatigued. Like, it felt like I'd been working, I felt like I just worked a 24-hour shift. And, uh, man, it's just crazy. I'm, I'm excited to get back to more normal temperatures. But I might try and experiment. I, my dad showed me once the coldest temperature I've ever experienced was when as, as a teenager we lived in this house and it was minus forty five Celsius. I don't know what that is Fahrenheit. It's minus forty Celsius and Fahrenheit are equal. But um, he said uh, we took a little little container of gasoline, real small one, and he said go ahead and throw a match at that. And I threw a match at it, and it doesn't light. Like it doesn't, usually uh, if you throw a match at gasoline, it'll have a violent explosion. Not, not explosion, but it's very volatile. Just when it starts up, it was more like kerosene. Like it just kind of started burning. And if the gasoline itself is like colder than minus 40, and I, I want to verify this, it doesn't burn the same way. Well, like I mean, it is, the vapors are what's burning. So the colder that liquid is, the less vapor that's going to come off of it. Makes perfect yeah. sense. That there you go. You're a science teacher, Todd. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I was like, why is that? Why does it do that? Like, I remember you do it and you light, and it's no explosion. It's no. It's just like kerosene or D. It's like lighting diesel fuel. 
but man, that makes so much sense. You're a genius, Todd. Thank you. <laughs> now, <laughs> I was telling people last night that I'm going to do this experiment. Like we were at Awana visiting with people and, uh, and I couldn't explain why it happened, <laughs> but, but I'm like, I'm going to try it <laughs> with a very small amount of gasoline right in the dead center of our driveway. So nothing dumb happens, but thanks, Todd. I appreciate that. No problem. That might be a little, uh. Yeah, it might be a little video I make here. You know, it's not that often we get minus 40. I don't know when the last time we've had it, but, you know, you got to do it when you can. Yes. Man, I can't believe how smart you are. I can't believe I... <laughs> when, when you say that, I'm like, that makes sense. Why didn't I just realize that's what's happening? <laughs> Dr. Todd. <laughs> this goes back to the IQ uh. discussion we had, that's all. Oh, there you go. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I could never be part of that. Was it Montserrat or Manera or Mensa? Yeah. I went back and I I uh, looked through our old... Uh, we have like a binder with document protectors in it and uh, like precious documents in it or whatever. Stupid stuff mm -hmm. you can't throw away. Um, mm -hmm. And I found my... What my... IQ is or was or whatever. I'm like, it just gives you a good feeling and a meh because it doesn't mean anything really unless mm, yeah, yeah. you're in that world. Yeah, yeah. Now, you, I think uh, you're probably more apt to go crazy if it's in like, you know, 200 or more because uh, mm. you can't really shut your brain mm -hmm. off at that point. Wow. But, you know. I've always been afraid to take an IQ test. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to know. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, if I was a Marine and I knew it was going to be 27, no, I wouldn't take it. Um, <laughs> you know, but. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, man. I, I didn't want to take one when I did. It's just, you know, I... Uh, somebody I knew that I respected, like, oh, you should take it, 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 every day. I'm like, okay, fine. So I went and took it. And, you know, just like a couple of points. Uh, it was 159 point something. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, and that, yeah. And, you know, $5 got me a crappy cup of coffee at uh, Starbucks. So. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's funny. Oh, man. I had to clear a bunch of crap out of the way this morning from my little recording desk and the thing because we've started our renovation down here. And uh, Steph's taken all the doors off every single cupboard, and they're all strewn on the floor. Not strewn, they're organized on the floor. But she's painting them, and then, uh, yeah, and then we got to, it's just, just once the new countertops, and it's like, oh boy, here we go. Always something to do, you know? Oh, yeah. But it's good, I like it. It's funny because this house is very different than when we moved in. And the only thing we've actually really done is painted. 
That's it. Like paint, we painted the entire upstairs kitchen, painted all the cabinets. There's there's a couple walls that we haven't painted here, but it's amazing. Like it feels like our house now, and it's it's because we we made it the way that we like things to look, you know, instead of '90s oak. It's funny. Um, so I was watching this. Uh, I was watching this video by James Keaton. Redbeard Ops, and he's doing the 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 build along that I'm doing right now. And he messaged me on Instagram. Him and I, we've been chatting back and forth. We've got a collaboration going on. And uh, he he asked if he if I minded if he would share a digital file of the the knife shape of that knife that we're doing. I'm like, oh, that's awesome, man, absolutely. And so he did a video on using Fusion 360. And so I watched the video and I'm like, that doesn't look that hard. And so I was like, fine, I'm just going to give it a shot. And everybody says, yes, there's a limited version of Fusion 360 that you can get for free. And the reason I've never tried it is because I've never been able to find it. You go to their website and it gives you a pricing model. Like there's three, four options, whatever. And there's no free one. And so finally I just Googled how to get free Fusion 360. And the, there's an article, first thing it says, <clears throat> you'll see the pricing plans. You need to scroll down. It talks about the different industries that it's used. Keep scrolling. And it's all. It's not at the very bottom of the page. It's up a little bit. And so I did that. And all of a sudden, there it is. Click for non-commercial use. You know, I was like, sweet. And uh, so I downloaded it. And I started like a print. I designed a, a YouTube play button. The when they used, like the one that I got the three-dimensional kind of smooth surface. And I was like, it's amazing how easy it was to do. And then I drew a knife. I drew a chef knife. And then I, you know, you can, I did it, I, I do it 2D and then I made it 3D. And I made the blade an eighth of an inch thick. The one, I didn't figure out how to put the actual grind representation in, but I did that and all of a sudden I'm like, I need a print, I need a 3D printer now. So I think, I think I'm going to get one, man. Have you ever done, uh, have you ever tried like Fusion 360 or anything? Not Fusion 360. I did some uh, stuff earlier than that that, uh, actually it was a lot earlier than that. One of the first 3D modeling things I was out there in a lot of uh, uh, project managers would use it, architects, people like that. Mm. But that's not all you could do in it. That's just what it was most, the industry it was most popular in. Did some stuff mm -hmm. in C++, whatever, you know, so. And it was so onerous and clunky, I just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let it go. Then I did SketchUp for a while, but then they, it was good, it was good. It was, oh, no, now it sucks. And more, yeah. it was too complicated and... I've been wanting to do Fusion, but uh, no, yeah. I just haven't. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, actually. In the like, I think I might. I don't know. I've never ever signed up for an online course or online teaching of any kind. But I found this. I forget where it is. I, the tab's not open right now. But basically, it's it's like an online school. And they have these little video files that you can, I think you just start and pause them with your, with one of the keys on your keyboard. 
and you go through it with them and they've designed it so that you they, like the you close the window so it's right here and you have half of the window is this video that you're watching and half of it is your screen you're drawing on and they'll show you how to make a cone or like you know those little painters pyramids you stick down so you can like paint one side of an object and then flip it over and it's just touching the point um like they show you how to do that and it's like i think it's 265 bucks a year for this online course or on like a school and there's a whole bunch of different courses and i'm like i think i might do that because once you learn the basics like when i when i first tried fusion i was just playing with it as soon as it downloaded i opened it up and i couldn't figure out how to get to a 2d drawing space um like it's all 3d and i'm like i don't want anything 3d like i'm not let's not start there and then when i realized like and then i started watching james's video and he just hits the very basics like but 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 i'm like oh dude this is this is great and once you and i still once you get you do your drawing and then you want to turn it 3d there's a way to go back to the 2d and i forgot that and i'm like oh shoot and it's just these once you learn the very basics and do it for a bit i honestly think i really think that when i if i give myself the time to get into this it's going to completely change the way i do things to the point that i would probably make a drawing of things that i build because i don't do that ever like if i'm building a workbench i will never sketch it out never 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 because when I draw something, I want it to look good on paper. Like I don't, I don't want to draw three lines and then just put a dimension and be like, okay, this one's this, this, this. I actually need it. It bothers my brain if it doesn't look scaled. If it, you know, if it's not proportionate one part to another, like one board is eight feet long and one is six. I want that to show up in my eyeballs. And that is the story behind Roger. That's why nobody likes him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought you remembered what I was saying when we lost our connection. <laughs> I thought, man, Todd, I'm impressed. You know why gasoline doesn't explode when it's really, really cold. Plus, you remembered my sentence right before traumatic traumatic in, in incident. Oh, I apologize. Uh, I ended up kicking our uh, for our listeners. I kicked. I stretched my leg out while I was chatting. And I knocked the power outlet that has my roadcaster plugged in. And so I had no audio or uh, either kind. Couldn't hear anything, couldn't say anything. And then we've had that happen once before. And when that happens, when an audio input is gone from Squadcast, it just stops the recording for some reason. So anyways, had to start a new recording. And then we were chatting about uh, where we left off. We are talking about Fusion 360. <laughs> <laughs> that but yeah that's that's the real reason i guess our listeners will never know that's right. why you feel the way you do about roger <laughs> it's not just me it's everybody it definitely is even if you even don't myself. know that his name is roger everybody's familiar with him and he just mm -hmm. you, you'll finally see him you're like that's that dude no wonder nobody likes him so mm-hmm <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but um, no, I'm pretty stoked about Fusion 360. It's uh, I I don't know all the limitations uh that that you're limited to with the free version. I I know one of them is you can only save ten projects at a time, 
And so that kind of stinks if you're going to, I guess if you're just goofing around, it's fine. But like, it's a, it's amazing. And I'm like, so I was talking to Steph and we've wanted a 3d printer for a long, long time. And you know, I remember like 10 years ago, I was like, I want one really bad, but I'm not interested in that. And now they're finally at the point, there's certain brands that are like, you know what? You can plug this thing in and you can put a file into it. And it's just pretty much 99% of the time just going to do what you ask it to do. And so I've, I've done some research and I think I know I'm, I'm between two printers right now. But I think we're going to do it. And the uh, one thing that kind of I was thinking about, like, I've got a, a lot of Milwaukee m18 tools right and uh it drives me nuts having them sitting on my workbench and i have them organized like i have them all nulled and it's all like good and stuff but it's like i I want these on a shelf or a rack or something and then i was looking up like diy m18 tool storage and a lot of people 3d print essentially what's like the the part of the battery that clicks into the tool and they put two screw holes in it and you can just mount it under a bench on a bench on a wall and so you just click, 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 click. And I'm like, that's what I, there you go. Need a 3D printer. So I think, I think I'm going to get one. I joined the digital revolution, man. But yeah. I think uh, you should give Fusion 360 a try. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I, I was blown away by how fast it was and for for what you can do with it is amazingly intuitive i was watching this one video of a guy like you could actually type in like when you click say a line you want to draw a line you drag it you start moving it out and you either watch how long the line's getting or you assign it a value you say two inches and you can even do one and then space three eighths and then it'll just change it to 1.375 like you can you can type in decimals, you can type in fractions when you're dealing with uh, like imperial. It's a it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I'm I'm concerned a little bit, not not really, but I'm concerned that once I learn Fusion 360, I'm gonna want a, a plasma table. I think it could really make some fun stuff. But fun times. Yep. Oh man. Oh, excuse me. Oh man, I'd like tell you this. Just sitting in this basement, man, the cold just gets to me. It's just coming right through. I can feel a nice warm heated floor on my feet, but the air is just bleh. brutal. Yeah, yeah. A, um, no, go ahead. No, 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 I was just going to talk about the weather again. That's kind of boring. You know, uh, I know these been around for a little bit, but, you know, and this all has to do with male fashion, but skinny jeans, right? And the then nowadays, uh, quote, unquote, males are wearing their dress pants a little too high. We used to call them high waters, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then their suit jackets and their suit blazers that you could barely button. Yeah, yeah. And then the bottom flares out because they're too tight. And that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, You yeah. know what all of those are? What? Those are the top knots of male fashion. <laughs> you think so, hey? <laughs> oh, no, I don't think. <laughs> you know so. Because I look at the people who do that, and I'm like, you just, in your mind, they actually, whether they have one in real life or it's just a spiritual top knot, they have one. You can just tell. <laughs> yeah. The way they hold themselves, the way they carry themselves, their personality. <laughs> spiritual top knot. <laughs> and then I see somebody I like that's that. cool, right? Even a celebrity. Uh, Jeff Hebner is the, probably the... Celebrity out there, he's a low-level celebrity. Right now, he's just a host on a game show. But he's got to be the best-dressed man on TV hmm. in the 2020s. And he, 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 none of those things describe him. So I'm like, why can't all males, you know, dress that way? Yeah. So, then you get people that are ultra famous that are still wearing double breasted. And I'm like, yeah. you know, there's only one person that can wear double breasted in the 21st century and look normal. And now he's, and that was Alex Trebek and he's dead now. So yeah. 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 Double breasted. That was the best. I remember that. Oh, I remember I got my first double breasted suit. I thought I was like the man. And if you have a gut, you have no business in double breasted ever. Yeah. Yeah. Or three three or four button suits. No. Stick with two. Yeah. Never button them. You just look fat no matter what you do. So just yeah. deal with it. That's funny. Yeah. And do you remember there's a it was a really short phase there. I don't know when in the nineties, but like four buttons, five buttons. Like suits would have a lot of buttons. Oh yeah. And then the suit jackets were like almost down to your knees. Yeah. Uh, no. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, that seemed to be a very short-lived uh, interest, and I think it's good because it looks pretty hideous. It's funny. We go to, like, Salvation Army, Value Village. Um, I like, uh, I know they're getting, the. I don't like going to them so much now because there's, the people in there are so sketchy now. Like when I was a kid, it was just kind of middle class, normal people who just don't want to sp spend full price for clothing. And I've got no problem buying used clothes, but we'll take the kids there. And we don't go there often at all. In fact, uh, maybe a couple of years, a year or two ago was the first time we'd went. And the kids were kind of like, oh, wow. Or maybe a little bit more than that. But, you know, and we'd go through the suit area and the kid's like, what's that? I'm like, that's double-breasted suit. And they're like, that looks so bad. And I'm like, that used to be the coolest thing you could ever wear. Like, if you had a double-breasted suit, you you knew what was going on. That's funny. And now it's like, you it's like why did they should just take those from those stores and throw them in the garbage? You know, because nobody's buying it except for a Halloween party or something. But... I bought a, when I was going through for my lodge, they said, okay, you need to wear a suit. It's like, okay, cool. Someone got a suit. And 
was like, you know what? I don't feel like, I want a different suit. I've always had like a navy blue suit or a black suit. I'm going to get a gray suit. So I got this gray suit. And then I go to lodge and I realize I'm like the only guy in a gray suit. Everyone's wearing black. And it's not a hard, fast rule, but you're supposed, you know, generally you wear a, a black suit to lodge. And then the one that I got, <clears throat> it was nice as a, it was made in Canada, the whole suit. And, but it fit like, is just a little big and just kind of baggy and floppy. And it was comfortable. But Steph, I was always like, yeah, I don't love it. But this, I was buying it like the Saturday before my lodge meeting, which was a Monday. So I didn't really have a lot of options. I was like, we just got to get this done. And uh, so anyway, since then, I've gone back and I've, I got myself a suit. And I noticed I went to these trendy shops and it's like that, man. They they fit you in a suit and it's like, <laughs> dude, man, my ankles are showing. Like all of my ankles are showing and I haven't even put shoes on yet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like oh no it's fine it's fine i'm like no i want longer pants but yeah it's true it's a that's a funny style isn't it it no uh, (laughs) i can't use the word i want to use but that's okay i shouldn't use that word it's funny yep 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 but i did get the only person the only two people on earth right now that could be excused for wearing suits like that would be uh, Justine Trudeau and Hunter Biden. There you go. I don't know what Hunter Biden looks like even. I've never seen a picture of him. But they're both of the same caliber of man, hey? Well, I guess. I mean, they're both criminals. So. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing... Like, man, about them, you know, moral, upright, mm-hmm. uh, Christian citizen, no, nothing. Hmm. But, no, I, you know, around here, if you're in the, if, you know, if you are, hold certain offices or you're in certain level of lodge, you got to wear a black suit, um, funerals, black suit. A couple other ceremonies, black suit. But other than that, you know, you don't have to wear a black suit. Even mm-hmm. if you have to wear a suit, it doesn't have to be black. But, yeah. you know, it's so, it was so economically depressed for so long. People get a black suit and that's the only suit they have. And then you see them at a Masonic funeral and you look like you slept in that suit for a year. <laughs> yeah. Why? You're just disrespecting yeah. the... And I don't know you don't mean to, but you're just disrespecting the brother who's dead. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I know I need to get a black suit, and I'll get one. And even though I never wanted to wear a suit again, not one day of my life I'm going to have to. So. Yeah. And I, the longer, uh, the longer I've been out of a suit, the longer I've been a Mason, the more I don't mind it, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I found the same same to be true. Yeah. And it, it, it's, there's no hard rule that it has to be black. Like they've said, you know what? Honestly, there's there's nothing written down that says you must wear a black suit. 
it's just kind of most guys wear black suits and it's kind of like an unwritten thing and it's like yeah we wear black suits there are some lodges that have written into their oh not a charter what would you call it the book of the way they conduct themselves oh every like nonprofit has them yeah i know what you're talking about yeah whatever that thing is i think i'm about some to lodges. write hours oh okay um oh i wish it just the name escapes me right now but it's okay some some lodges have it written in that you have to wear a tuxedo and so there's lodges in the city where you have to have a tuxedo and as a visitor you could go there and it's not like they'd, they'd pitch a fit or anything but by becoming a member of that lodge you agree that every night for you know lodge meeting once a month i will wear a tuxedo and they and it obviously the buildings they're in merit that like there's some lodges in the city that i've been to that are like amazing like you feel like you're you're royalty you feel like you're in a palace of a king or a queen and i'm like yeah i can see why they want you to wear a, a tux to this but yeah, it's cool. But yeah, and I, like I ended up getting a suit that fit just a little better that was cut. So it kind of took that whole, like, if you think of a super trendy kind. And bylaws. Then, yeah, bylaws. That's right. The bylaws of the lodge. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, the black suit I got is a, it's a trimmed suit, tailored suit, but it's not like. Like, yeah, that one button's popping and then that that V's out at the bottom and then you could walk through, you know, have to do some fly fishing without your pants getting wet. It's not like that, but it's definitely a little bit more tailored to it with a modern twist. And then I put on my old one and I'm like, man, I look like a circus clown that was wearing a suit because it was so big and floppy on me. And I, like, I bought a brand new, you know, I'd, but yeah. I always want to go to... Uh, have you heard of Indochino? No. It's a, uh, I think they started in the, in the States, but it's basically, you get a, like a custom made suit for like three fifty, four hundred bucks. I think they start at. And so I remember they were always advertising they were sponsor of uh, the art of manliness podcast for years. And this was years ago. Um, but we've got an Indochino at one of the malls here and you walk in there and they measure you take all your measurements and then you pick what style of suit you want and they actually make that suit to your measurements at least that's what they say they probably just have a warehouse with that exact measurement I don't, who knows but, but yeah and you get a suit for like 400 bucks and i think it takes like a week or two but apparently they say if you ever get a suit that's custom made custom tailored to you it's like a completely different league but I was gonna do that. I want to do that for our for my very first suit I bought, but I didn't have time because I left it so long. But I'm thinking about maybe doing that one of these days. See if it is really what they say it is. Oh yeah. Got a case of the yawns this morning. No, we have uh... oh. We have one here. An Indochino? In uh, Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have to the, go there. Or not. Yeah. Because the thing is, you get a the, you get a custom-made suit for the price of a suit in a department store, you know? And I'm... 
they used to have it. I don't think they used to have stores because when I when I heard the ad on the Art of Manliness podcast, they um, he said they send you a kit and you basically have somebody else. Like you can't really take the measurements yourself, but it says just get you know your spouse, friend, or whatever to take these measurements for you, and it gives you the list of all of them. And he said it's very very specific kind of and also very like okay when you're measuring the chest you measure it here not there go down this far and, and yada yada and he said just measure them then you send it off and then you get a suit in the mail i always thought that was weird it's like how are you gonna ship a suit efficiently but they'll come up with a way i guess pete safe you can get whole meals delivered to your door now oh yeah <laughs> have you ever done that no hello fresh or something no i, I don't have either. We can't do it here at all, mm. but I mean, like HelloFresh, that stuff. But like uh, meal delivery service, no. Huh. Um, why do they have a velvet suit? Indochino has a velvet suit. Yes, they do. Well, maybe you know what? I think restaurant magicians are coming back. And if you walk into a restaurant and say, hey, I'm a magician, can, can you hire me to like entertain kids on a Sunday afternoon? They'll be like, well, where's your velvet suit? I'll be like, right here. And then they'll know you're a magician. Maybe that's why, Todd. Maybe that's why. I'm not thinking that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Cool beans. Okay, we're back again. Sorry, I kicked I kicked the power bar again. I think you know, some people talk with their hands. <laughs> Today I'm talking with my feet. <laughs> Every time I say something, my foot moves around and kicks it out, let out the wall, and next thing you know, it shuts it down. But can you when I have a question, when that happens, can you hear me like through my computer speakers? Zero. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I was cursing. <laughs> I just put it just went silent and I was like nah it went off and I was like uh oh <laughs> and then I was like I hope I don't wake up the kids with that but yeah anyways <clears throat> you might go check out Indochino yeah I might right on well I, I need to go someplace for a suit so. yeah I'd be interested to if you do go there I'd like to hear what your thoughts are and the experience But yeah, you guys got any plans for the weekend? No. Zero. Uh, not with the weather the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're having a. They used to call it the home and garden show, I think, but now they call it the home renovation expo. And uh, Steph and I are going to that, so that can only mean. One thing, <laughs> I'm gonna be a bit money, 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 money. <laughs> that and I'm gonna be a busy boy <laughs> doing home improvements. No, I. You know what? You know why I like to go to those shows. I haven't been to one for a long time, probably 15 years. But sometimes they come out with these really cool products that solve a problem that you just don't get around. It's like, how do I do this? Like, I got to do this, and it's like, oh. And in even like building materials, like <clears throat> different ways to like patch holes in drywall. 
that's where I'm going for. I'm like, I want to, I want to see all the latest and greatest ideas they have out here, you know? And then, uh, no, no, it's, it's fun. I, I really do like doing like home renovations and improvements and, uh, get some ideas, you know, that sort of thing. So that's what we're doing. I'm, I'm hoping it's not busy because of the cold. Like schools right now are shut down. Uh, city of Calgary will never shut their schools because a lot of parents, it's like their babysitter. And if their kids aren't at school, well, then that means they have to take off work and they can't afford it. So it could be like minus 45. And the city of Calgary, their schools will be open. The buses won't run, but they'll be open. <clears throat> but like all schools in Strathmore were closed yesterday, closed today. All private schools are closed. Buses aren't running. So I'm hoping that this cold weather keeps people away from these conventions. Because other than that, they're so busy. You know what I mean? Like you're just shoulder to shoulder with people. I don't, I don't like going places with masses of people, but. Oh, I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I think I'm getting to that point slowly. I'm going to have to at least a couple more times because we want to go to a couple of uh, big state fairs, the ones that are on the Food Network for their carnival food. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Minnesota State Fair, Texas yes. State Fair. There's a couple of other ones that are <clears throat> big. I know California's supposed to be big, but I'm not going to California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd like to... I want to do the Minnesota one, because I hear about it all the time on the radio I listen to, and it's like, sweet. Uh, speaking of Food Network stuff, we found a place in Great Falls that it's but they say it's like one of the top i don't know i don't know if it's top 10 or top 50 gems in america and i don't know who rates it at that but it's this burger place and the chef has won guys grocery games and since 2017 they've won the best burger it's not ford's drive-in is it uh, i don't know Because the best burger joint when I was there for burgers and milkshakes was Ford's Drive-In. Hmm. Ford's Drive-In. I'm going to have to check it out. It may not even be there 30 years later. Yeah. I don't know. Steph found it. And, uh, I mean, you know, when you... It's weird calling yourself a foodie because it's it's a weird thing. But I'm a foodie. Like, I love food. Love, love, love food. And, And so... Part of the thing, if we go, if we're going somewhere, if we're traveling, we're gonna look up food. It's like, okay, I I know what Great Falls is. We're gonna go shopping, yada yada. But I also want to find like, where's a really good little restaurant? Like they've got, they've got this amazing breakfast joint, and it is like retro and it is delicious and it is so cool. And then I forget what what's, the, that? what's that. I was gonna say, what was that? Is the best breakfast thirty years ago? Was at the Missouri River Diner. Could have been that. Um, let me. Oh, where is it? Where is it? I don't know if it's called the Missouri River Diner. Oh, what was it? Tracy's Family Restaurant. It's called, and it's uh, it's kind of like in in right just getting into downtown. Uh, and it's kind of got this retro vibe. It is retro. Is that what it is, Tracy's? I forget. 
Yeah, I'm sure it's Tracy's. Yeah, Tracy's Diner. It's good. We had uh, breakfast twice there when we were there last time. And then one morning was really nice, so we sat out on the patio. But their food was, it's kind of like a classic one, but then they have a few options where they just elevate it a bit, just with simple ingredients, like maybe something will have truffle in it or something. But the service was great, and it was fast, and the portions were huge. I think the portions are a little too big, because we were kind of shocked how expensive each item was, but then... I couldn't finish my breakfast. And if I can't finish it, that's a boatload of food. But it's actually really good. But it's kind of fun, you know? Like when, you, when you're going somewhere to look up places to eat and it's like, okay, you got to check out this restaurant, got to check out that restaurant. And um, yeah, I wish I knew that. I wish Steph never actually told me the name of this burger joint, but she told me about it. Yeah, Missouri River Diner is still there. Is it? <clears throat> I'm look- yeah, I don't know if it's, you know... As good as it was, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but it, it seems weird saying this, but I really like Great Falls. Like, I really like it. Oh, I loved it. I mean, it was probably among the best towns I've ever lived in. Yeah. You know, it's obviously not the same town that I lived in mm-hmm. here 30 years later, but. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, like, Steph would order yarn. Um, like, there's a shop that she always online yarn, and it was always, she never knew where it was, and then they opened a storefront, and lo and behold, it was in Great Falls, Montana. So they were always operating out of Great Falls, but they never had a storefront. And so now downtown, like, the last time we were there, this was one of the bucket list things Steph wanted to do for the trip. We went there, and it's like, and the, they reckon, oh, yeah, we, we ship stuff to you. I remember then they kind of remembered her from the online sales. Because Steph's really, uh, she's really good at, at well, everything. but as, And she's good at, like, knitting and making sweaters. And so she buys good quality yarn, like wool and uh, none of this plastic stuff from Walmart. But it's cool. And then you go to their store, and it's like, it's so it's so cool because like oh you know you see all the products online but they've got a storefront and it's like really funky, um like like it's all these like gas lines like big steel pipes and it's you think like of a I think of like an old Chicago brick apartment you know that was a factory before that's what it feels like and there's so many places like even downtown Great Falls they've got such cool cool buildings and. Oh, man. I don't know what it is about that place, but I really like it. I'm so stoked to go there next week. America. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, well, you can. But not. Nah, yeah. You know. <clears throat> when the weather's turning, too, it's supposed to be like just about, just below freezing when we're going to be there. So that'll be nice. Last time uh, Isaiah brought back. <laughs> so we got a, a membership to Sam's Club. And what we're going to do this time, like last time we ate out every single meal and the cheapest meal we had was 120 bucks. And that was trying to be cheap because you got six people. And so, yeah, you have to. Yeah. Oh man, I can't believe how expensive, like food is no cheaper in, in a lot of people say, oh, it's so much cheaper in America. I don't know where, but like eating in Great Falls is more expensive than eating in Calgary. And I always thought Calgary was expensive, but we ended up walking around Sam's club and we're like checking it out. And we're like, do we want to buy a, a membership or not? And then 
we said, you know what? If we come back next time, we there's a lot of stuff that you have that's ready to go. Like you could just buy a you know a bunch of croissants for breakfast one day. You know, you buy some deli meat, some cheese. Our hotel room has a fridge in it, so we could do sandwiches one day. And right there, like if we just made our own lunch one day, we save 120 bucks. So like, yeah, let's do it. And then we're walking around, and Isaiah found uh, they sell like tubs of nacho cheese <laughs> in like. I don't like one gallon pail of it. <laughs> and so he bought this nacho cheese and he loves it. He's like, yes. And his friends come over and it's like, let's nacho cheese everything. Like you just can't find something like that in Canada. It just doesn't exist. And so he's like, can I buy more nacho cheese? I'm like, I don't know how much you really need. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just, it's fun. It's, it's, yeah, Sam's used to have some good, uh, Rotisserie chicken, chicken salad. Oh, we're kidding. Yeah, stuff like that is such a, even a rotisserie chicken. It's like, just take one home for the night, you know, take it to your room, chop it up, make sandwiches, however you want to do it. And uh, so much cheaper than restaurants. But have you ever been to, I don't know how long we were around, McKinsey River Pizza Company? No. So they they started in Helena, but they've been around for quite a while. And I think the first one came to Great Falls uh, 20 years ago, maybe. I don't know. Maybe before. But man, they got such good, such, like they started out with like wood-fired pizza and now it's like pastas and stuff like that. But you can just tell <clears throat> it's high-end food. Like the, the ingredients are good. You can tell all the ingredients are fresh. And the pizzas are amazing. The pasta is amazing. Oh, it's such a good place. So we're going to hit that place. That's an expensive meal. I think that was like 200 bucks for our family, but we're going to hit that up for sure. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it, man. And then just lounging by the pool, you know? It's like poolside room, just sit there, relax. Kids can swim. We're in the hot tub. It's good times. Oh, yeah. I think when... Uh, after Benny passes, because it'll take us the way I like to drive. Um, now, not the way I used to drive <laughs> when I was 25. Um, probably take us three days to drive up there. Oh, wow. Yeah. You just fly. So, you know... Huh? You just fly. Huh? Not, who, <laughs> who can do what? You can just fly. No. You can just fly up there. No. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No, we can't. I think United flies right into Great Falls. No. <laughs> not with Todd on the plane. <laughs> you don't like flying, Todd? Love it, but not anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking if you do... You do jump on a plane, make sure you have your GoPro facing at yourself so I can see the way you react to everything that goes on. <laughs> That's funny. No, I mean, uh, if I didn't have the medical implant hmm. and if there weren't so many just douchebags on airplanes nowadays that forget how to act in public. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me... 
start that again and just say, if everyone had not forgotten how they ought to be acting in public. Yeah. Everything's got to be a, make a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ooh, I'm going to get famous for getting kicked off this airplane. <laughs> so oh, look, a middle-aged white guy just got on a plane. Uh, you know, let's pick a fight with him. That's hilarious, isn't it? And all kinds of other things. You know. Yeah, yeah. When I remember, like when I was a kid, I never flew very much. But it was always, it was kind of a thing. It's like, oh, you're flying somewhere. And I remember we flew to Toronto to visit friends, uh, family friends. We stayed with them for like a week or something. And it was kind of like, I had to wear really nice clothes. My parents were like, no, no, you can't wear normal clothes. You got to wear, like I wore a tie. And I was like, no, flying is, you got to get dressed up for it. And I always had that in my mind. And then when I traveled all the time for business, you could see there's a point where you could kind of see is like sweatpants. Wow. First time for that. You're, you're wearing sweat, sweat. You're in public and you're on an airplane and you're wearing sweatpants. Oh, okay. And just complete lit, like a disregard for, I don't know, just how you carry yourself, how you present yourself. And traveling used to be like airplane travel used to be like, okay, we're going to act prim proper, you know, this is a an incredible luxury. This is an a, amazing, you know, not everybody gets to do this. So let's, let's act, you know, that's a special event. And now it's kind of like, just get drunk. Just get drunk on an airplane. Like, I don't get it, man. It's crazy. It's, uh, it's not what it used yeah, to be. I don't be. either. So what was that? Yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah. Yeah, because when I was flying uh, before, I didn't really care. Then when we got our dogs, and then they were old. Anyway, in between those dogs passing away and us getting Benny, when we were flying places, you know, to see parts, you know, touristy stuff, I was only flying first class. Mm. I I just can't handle. Being back there with the mouthy riffraff. <laughs> yeah. It is nice first class, isn't it? Then, and, and I noticed that I got sick less often flying first class than being back there in the cattle car. Mm. That's crazy. Because every time I would fly, like if the Air Force sent me someplace commercial, um, like for conferences and stuff like that, they... Pick the cheapest seat in the world, and you're packed back there. I get sick after every stupid trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's true. Like, everybody's back there. They're all breathing the exact same air, and they're all, like, just inches away from each other, literally. You know? Sometimes you... you... <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. And this was back before, you know, any Wuhan sniffles or anything. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I used to fly, uh, I used to do a lot of work in California. And so we always flew Alaska Airlines because they went to Calgary and you'd, you'd get a, go to SeaTac, Seattle, get something and then go anywhere you want on the, on the West Coast. And kind of working in Burbank for so long, um, 
I don't know, I was there for like nine months for like one project and then ongoing. Like I worked there for a couple of years <clears throat> and one of the, the check-in ladies saw we're bringing some boxes. It's this weird airport. A lot of times we'd have to go curbside, like where customer or like people flying would unload. That's where we'd unload our trucks and we'd pallet jacket right through the terminal building where the public is. And that was just the best way to do it. And they let us do it. And then one of the girls saw these made in Canada stickers on the boxes. And she's like, what, what's this? What's this? And I was like, oh, this is made in Canada. And she's like, oh, I'm from Canada. And I guess she's like from Vancouver or something like that. Um, and anyway, so they, they were like, ah, oh, and so it's kind of, you get a little friendly kind of, you know, chat and stuff like that. And then, cause we're there every day, all the time. Hey, how are you doing? They say hi. And you, you know, everybody's name. I knew the operations matter, everybody's name. And so they would like, I'd have to go to a meeting somewhere else and that'd be like fly come back. Like, where were you yesterday? I was like, Oh, I just had to go to Vegas for a meeting. I was like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I just flew to Vegas for a quick meeting about a job up there. And he's like, Oh, and then I was, you know, I was flying their airline and she goes, you fly. Oh wow. You fly a lot. And she's like, just let me do something real quick. And so she went and she upgraded my tickets because I had, I think I had like, I don't know. I, I had up to nine months booked, but I had a lot of flights in the next three months. And she booked everything up to first their first class. They don't call <laughs> it first class, but... And it was so nice, man. And then she would go in. I was done there. Burbank was finished, and I moved on. I was working in San Diego for a couple months. And Steph and I would fly back, and they would go. The people at that thing would go, and they'd upgrade my tickets. For two years, I had upgraded tickets for free. And I'd text them. I'm like, thanks so much. I appreciate that. And like, yeah, no problem. And just every like once a week or something, they'll be chatting. And uh, she said, every time there's a bag jam, <clears throat> we think about you. <laughs> and so we go and check the things. But uh, oh, so nice, man. And in Alaska, they actually bake cookies on the plane. That's kind of like one thing they wanted to be famous for. Oh, so good. And you meet very, uh, it's very different people. Like I've met some very interesting people, very successful people flying first class. You know, like I, I met this one guy, all he does is event planning and the guy's got money. He lives, I forget where he lives and he does these events for celebrities and stuff. And yeah, first class is fun. I like first class, <clears throat> but I don't know if I would ever pay for it out of my own pocket. It's expensive. I want to, uh, take a, light where you they have the pods yeah yeah uh, oh yeah i know <laughs> or do you ever see the have you seen those casey neistat videos no you should look them up i don't know have you ever seen i know who he is um once he moved this has been a couple years ago we've talked about it before when we first started the show uh he moved to a different studio mm-hmm and as the flavor and the kind of video or something about his videos changed, and I don't like him ever since, you know, he had some, I don't know. He got more something. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But there's one video you should, I think if you just Google like most expensive airplane ticket or plane seat, it'll come up and. Uh, Emirates Air. Yeah. So he has a video of that, and it's interesting. Another airline I will never fly? Yeah. Oh, why is that, Chad? I can't afford it. I mean, I, I can. I just can't. 
justify it. Uh, yeah, why? I mean, bleh. Up to $66,000 a ticket. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, so they called Casey and they said, hey, we'll give you a free flight on this thing. And so he does a whole video and you get, I forget how many, I think it's like a couple of minutes of a shower. Like it's not in this, in your private suite, but you can go and you can actually take a shower on the airplane. But it's a cool video. But Yeah, I've seen a video clip, not on the internet. It was related to a job I used to have of a uh, one of the members of the royal family on a flight commercial on that airline that left his pod went to you know rinse off in the shower and came back to his pod all completely naked with his towel over his shoulder <laughs> and there's women children <laughs> on the plane I'm like that's funny. <laughs> See, this is this is why we don't like you. That's funny. Oh man, yeah, people are uh, it's all types out there. Hey, none of them seem yeah. to make sense. <laughs> no, no. Oh, and I'll just top it all off with this: he was either very, very shy. Or should have known better than to walk naked anywhere in public. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. It was the water, Jerry. <laughs> it was right. the water. Yep. Anyway. Oh, man. Well, I suppose I should um, get to work. I'm oh, filming a video right now for the um, build along. So I just got heat treatment done. So that's cool. But yeah, it's been a, a lot of things going on. I sent, I sent you that picture of our van engine. Hey, yeah, that just escalated. Hey, I'm going to you know change the oil. <laughs> Why is your intake off? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, it's like I, I, that has the cartridge type oil filter. So I pull it out and I don't know why I never looked down into my filter, but I did. And there's a piece of plastic, like a plastic tube thing. I'm like, what? And I look. And so the first thing I do is I Google it and it, you know, it comes up with plastic fil oil filter housing and I'm like, oh, great. And, and it turns up that it was actually the oil filter cap. And it has uh, like a cold temperature bypass because uh, the media doesn't withstand, you know, all oil filters have a cold temperature bypass. So right when you start it up, it's actually not filtering the oil because the oil's too thick and it just blow out the filter media. And it was that that had broken off and fallen down in there. And so when I was kind of thinking, it's like I didn't have to do all that. But then when I looked at it, when I pulled, when I finally got to that and it sits right in the cradle of the V, of this V6 engine and the, the castings on the engine block where they come up to the holes, the threaded holes that kind of support that they're about two inches deep. And those were completely full with oil. 
And so this thing was leaking. And I noticed, I'm like, this thing's going through oil. I don't know why. And when I taken it off, there's like an oil cooler on that assembly. And so you got two ports, uh, coolant in, coolant out. Another two ports, oil in, oil out. And that's where it cools the oil. Um, when I went to unbolt that, there's six bolts. And three of them were, I would say, like a sixteenth of an inch up. So not pressed down at all. So this thing was kind of sort of, and it has a whole bunch of rubber O-rings. So it was kind of sort of sealed, but I think every time you you stomped on it, the oil pressure went up. It would just spew oil everywhere. And so it's a good thing I got down into those nitty gritties, but my goodness, it's like, <laughs> take this off. Now take this off. Unplug this. Now take off your fuel rail. Now on take off your injectors. And I'm like, what the heck? I've never gone this deep into an engine before. It started out as an oil change. <laughs> but it wasn't so bad. And it runs good now, so I'm stoked about that. But the bummer is like, like that's that's the air in, the intake, right? And then I'm working and I look in there and there's a whole bunch of dirt in there. I'm like, oh, like on the valves, on the engine valves. I'm like, are you kidding me? And so now I got to go in there and meticulously clean it, vacuum it. I had to take coat hangers and make my own brushes with like rags on the end of them. And ugh, it's stupid, man. Like there's no way you should have, have to like open up engine components to change something that is not inside the engine, you know? Like, okay, you're beyond the carburetor. I get it. But this is a carburetor. And then there's layers and layers and layers. And then their intake is built around this thing it's like so stupid it's so dumb having said that it's a reliable engine i mean that thing's been good but yeah what do you do hey yeah yeah what do you do oh Right on, man. We got anything coming up this next week? Not much. Not much. Maybe. Depends on weather. If I get another day with no rain that's above 50, I need to go out and finish some hydraulic fittings on the tractor so I can start using it. Oh, right on. They just the kind of... Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. sealant and or o-ring because there's both uh on either side of this little block uh it needs to be above 50 degrees fahrenheit mm-hmm. and i don't have a place inside to park the tractor right now i will but not right now yeah, yeah. cool man Oh, yeah, it might be, uh, I don't know, doing some other stuff. Right home. Oh, I got those books. What books? From that auction. Oh, yeah. How are those? They, they smell just like musty old books. Yeah, yeah. But they're awesome. That's cool. And... I would be surprised if the there's seven volumes, if two through seven were ever even open. Oh, wow. Because 
you know that sound a book makes when you first open it? Mm-hmm. They, they still made that sound. Oh, wow. The little... Um, Because there's illustrated, it's the illustrated history of uh, masonry, and some of the illustrations in them are the uh, like etching transfer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were they called? Silver? Any, any? Oh yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. When they in the, in a book, they come with that wax paper. Yep. That it was still there, unwrinkled, unmolested. Oh wow. That's cool. Oh yeah, that's neat. Yeah. So how uh, like these books? Like how long would it take? Is it pretty substantial each book? Like is that a lot of information in there? A lot of information, but not like overly large book. Oh, okay. You know, um, I know all told the seven volumes weigh forty four pounds, but hmm. um, each one's about an inch and a Eighth, thick. Uh, you know, yeah, so. that's decent, hey. Yeah, nineteen oh nine, I think. Oh wow, printed. That's cool. That is really neat, man. Yeah, I want to find but the one page that talks about uh, being an image, like a picture, a photograph, mm-hmm. not a drawing, not a painting, a photograph of. Uh, King Solomon's Temple. I'm like, I don't think that word means what you think it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's fine. Other than that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know exactly what they mean. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. They took a photograph of a drawing. Yeah. Of what is meant to be the original uh, anyway. That's funny. I know what they meant. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's weird because like, I, I, like I was looking on Amazon. It's like books about Freemasonry, and I some of them I I just I look at them and the either the, the way they look or the title. It's like I don't want to read that, and you can't even tell whether it's like actual like information or if it's like some whacked out conspiracy thing or who knows, but it's just like, whatever. Yeah, and always your uh, historian or your Grand Lodge historian or librarian uh, can, you know, point you in the direction of a good author. That's true, actually. A legit author. Uh, The name of the one author escapes me off the top of my head. And the books are still upstairs, but I have three of his books. Oh, okay. Uh, he was a very prolific uh, Masonic author uh, in the uh, right around the the nineteen hundred, hmm. the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Mm, that's cool. In fact, he was one of the authors of the book. That our Tennessee Masonic book is hmm. taken from. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I, um, one of the lodges I went to, well, I went to the consecration of a new lodge, 
And that was at like one of these lodges in downtown Calgary, the super fancy ones. And they also have a, a library in their lodge. And it was closed, obviously. But um, I was asking them, it's like, you can just come in here. He's like, yeah, we're open. They have regular hours that they're open. And it's like, you can come in here and, you know, look at stuff. And you see a lot of the stuff you can't check out like you would a normal library. But you can come and they've got like reading couches and chairs and you can sit there and read and stuff like that under certain circumstances if you're like a a lodge if you belong to a lodge and you have a specific reason for it they will let you check out a book but yeah it looked it was kind of cool i should actually do that just go there and say what would you recommend interesting reading to help you learn more that's not uh woo woo yeah And kind of, you can sort of tell what woo-woo with a quick Google search. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Particularly on the author. Mm -hmm. Like, there's one guy, he's, if like CNN needed a quote-unquote expert uh, on masonry, they'd probably call this guy. Mm -hmm. And he is a journalist. One thing he's not, never has been, and never will be now, is a mason. Mm, yeah. But it, how are you an expert? You know. Yeah. Well, I've interviewed blah blah blah. You've in, you've interviewed Bupkis. That's what you've interviewed. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the stuff he gets right, generally, uh, not overly specific, but uh, all the stuff that's. You know, he calls the uh, secrets or whatever. They're not. Yeah. And and what we know of it to be what our secrets are, he wouldn't have a clue that that's – if people knew, they'd be like, really? Yeah. That's all that is? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, that's all it is. It's a, a way of – Keeping, you know, do you put your uh, phone password on the internet? No. Uh, do you put your social security number on the internet? Well, no. So things that you can use to identify what you are to a member, a uh, stranger mm-hmm. on the street, you keep those private, right? Yeah. You might say secret. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in... Uh, not everything, but to a great degree, most Masonic secrets are just a way to identify other Masons, not like how to take over the world in three easy steps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, that's funny. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. I, most people just, I don't know. And you know what? That's they have no clue what it's about, and that's the reason I wanted to become. Not the reason, I don't know. Part of the reason why I want to become a, a Mason myself is I knew people who were Freemasons, and the one thing I noticed about them is that they were all very friendly. They're all really nice, like really good friends. Like I went, one of the guys I went down, and I wish I'd have been more interested then. But he was younger than, no, he's a year older than I was. I was 22. And he was like 23. He's a very young Mason. 
And uh, we, we had a job. We were down in Florida at meetings together and stuff. And nicest guy. And uh, and then you know, I noticed we came back and he bought a new car. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And so he was a drafts person and I was a project manager. And uh, and I was like, what's that? He goes, oh, it's just a little something. And I was like, that's, he goes, that's just a Mason thing. I was like, oh, cool. And I didn't care at all. And so it just... Whew. And then later on, I got interested in, in masonry because like Steph's grandpa's a mason or great grandpa's a mason. And I was like, Mike Bergstrom was a mason. I'm like, what? This is crazy. And uh, and then he quit like working for GNS and him and his wife, had, like his wife started a cleaning company and they had like 17 employees, four, ve- four company vehicles. And he just, he was a hustler. This kid was just, he worked hard and... I was like, man, there's something about it. And then another guy came and was working at GNS. And I don't know. I noticed every person I've ever known that was a Freemason, they weren't like, they weren't like filthy, stinking rich, but they were not struggling financially. And I'm like, this is just, and the funny thing is, is it's really nothing to do about that. Right. But it's just a certain type of a person is a person who becomes a Mason. You know, it's like, it's not like every person will become a Freemason and would be interested or ever could. But um, I, I got interested and I, I didn't know. And then when you become a Freemason, it's like, wow, it's completely different than I thought. And but way better, you know. You get oh yeah curious and it's just like, ah. Oh. And then the other part of it, the stuff that you the 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 stuff that I had, the inklings that I had makes sense. I'm like, Oh, so that's why all these guys that I know to be Freemasons, they work hard. They make good decisions. They're intelligent. They're upright men. And yeah, they got money. Oh, that makes sense. If you work hard and make good decisions, you will have money. End of discussion. Doesn't matter what economy you're in, you know? And so then all that, that stuff kind of makes sense. It's like, Oh, it's not, it's not some secret club where it's like, hey, you know, handshakes all of a sudden. Yeah, here's here's a hundred thousand dollars for joining it, and it's and even like when the my friends at church, he's like, oh, so he, he saw my ring. I think I told you this, and he's like, oh, so you guys just do, like do business together. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's like a business club, right? I'm like, no. It's like I thought you get to go and exchange business. And I was like, nope, that's not what it is at all. <laughs> you know, it's just people have this weird idea of it, and it's it's kind of funny. But. No, like I said, um, in our Masonic code, the law is actually a Masonic offense to use it for commercial or business purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the things I did this past week. Is I there's a our Grand Lodge offers uh, study or and tests you can take, and one of them is about uh the code i did that oh okay right on um yeah i know and yeah it's it's true because they talk um about that like when you join like um you know you have to basically say that you're not joining for uh financial gain you know and it's so funny, even just me saying that, it's like, there, how could you? Like, there is no such thing as that. But that's crazy. I, 
you know, short of politics, I can't think of a group that you join just to get rich. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah. Maybe there's some out there, but I don't know them. Yeah. I don't know. We have, I know some Masons that they're not homeless, right? Yeah. But they do kind of live almost paycheck to paycheck. Um, kind of, you know, maybe a little bit better than that. But it's so economically depressed in some areas around here. Can't really help, you know. Yeah. Not being Bill Gates. But anyway, but they don't, if they had a month where they weren't going to make their mortgage payment, they would make that mortgage payment. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. We got, you know, uh, older fixed income folks that, particularly now that we raised our dues, we'll pay their dues for them. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then if they're 50 year or more, they get, they don't have to pay dues anymore anyway. Oh, really? That's cool. Oh, right on. Yeah. What have you been paying dues for 50 years? You ought to be fully invested. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys do, <clears throat> what do they call it, where you guys can, like an honorary lodge member, where they can attend and they don't have to pay any dues? Yeah, but you can't vote either. Yeah. You know what? Hmm. I, I got to, that brings a question because. Uh, like if you're a master mason in my lodge, and I went up to, say, the next town over and for a long time, or if I was in the uh, district or something, and they were like, oh, yeah, we want to present you with an honorary membership. And I'm a member of the lodge. I can go to stated meetings, I can, but I can't vote. Mm, yeah. Unless I become a plural member. Yes, yes. I think that's what it is. Because there's a gentleman, Chris, he's a... He was a master last year of the Symbol Lodge, and he, he's been attending our meetings, visited for like five years, and barely misses a meeting, and uh, helps out with lectures, helps out with different rituals, ceremonies, and stuff like that, and so when we all voted, we said, should we make him an honorary member, and we said, yeah, absolutely, he's a good guy, and, um, but I think what it is, like, you know, like, like, I don't know how you guys do your festive, but we do our festive, like, um, when we like toast to the visitors, all the members of the Strathmore Lodge will stand up and then he stands up cause he's an honorary member. <clears throat> and then they'll, there's always a reply from a visitor. And then one time they asked him, Chris, would you like to give a reply? He's like, I'm a member. I'm an honorary member. And they're like, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. But, um, that's what it is. Because I was like, oh, yeah, he's a member, but I'm like, oh, not voting. I don't think he's actually voted on, like, you know, something. But Fun stuff. Yeah, I kind of miss it. I haven't been to Lodge for a while. Since uh, my last Lodge meeting was November, I guess. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, I might need to do some visiting. Cause Strathmore, we go dark for January, February. And then I couldn't make the last December one because I wasn't feeling well. And uh, they're pretty, some of the gentlemen are pretty 
terrified about COVID. Like they're, they went to a lodge meeting and the guy was sneezing the whole time and then both of them got sick and then they talked about it and they get really mad. Like if you come to lodge and, and you're sick, they'll, they'll be pretty ticked off at you. And I, I get it, you know, like the one, the one guy, he was in the hospital for like three days after that. Cause he's got some, he's on oxygen and stuff like that. So I understand, you know, but. Oh, yeah, we had uh, one guy with COVID and one guy with walking pneumonia. Mm. They didn't tell anybody until after the meeting. Oh, no kidding. That's kind of rude, hey? Yeah, my first inclination was, man, I hope you get better. Second was to throat punch both of them. (laughs) That's right. This will (laughs) help. Yeah, I mean, how good? That's just, well, to me, it's irresponsible. Yeah, it is. Especially when we have... A lot of elderly Masons around here. Yeah. Yeah, and it's true. Like, like I could have a cold, and it's fine. It's a cold to me. But, you know, like our, our master, he's he has a disease, and it's, it's something that happened. He was always healthy, you know, skinny, like active. He was a mechanic his whole life until he retired. And he just got this thing, and now he's on oxygen. And he says every cold that goes around he gets it and if he gets it he's in the hospital for three days and it's such a pain and so it's you know for me i've got a cold no big deal i can still work i can do whatever i want it takes a real serious thing but you you know you need to be respectful and mindful of people that aren't in the same situation as you are you know because honestly 100 percent. sooner you know every one of us at the end of our lives we get to that point too where we're not the young whippersnippers we were and a cold could really knock us down, you know. But. Yeah, we had um, a bunch of flu deaths in Tennessee this year. Hmm. It's flu season. That's not good. And they're not. There's some, I mean, real questions about it. And uh, the guy that had COVID at the lodge was like, um, uh, because we had talked about it before he even said he had COVID, about the flu deaths. He's like, yeah, I think this COVID thing, you know, really uh, weakened everybody's immune system up now, you know. If you get something uh, flu-like or respiratory-like, you know, it's more apt to make you sicker or kill you. That's why I'm so worried because I got COVID now. And we're like, what? No, oh, wow. Hey, hey, hey. It's rude. <laughs> Seriously, man. Come on. Hmm. What do you do, hey? Oh, man. I'm not interested in uh, going out to the shop today, but I need to. Just, just check this here. Minus 35 degrees Celsius feels like minus 45. So that's fun. Well, hopefully the furnace is still working. Yeah, it is working. I'm always worried about the shop boiler shutting down. I'm like, oh, but good. I went and took the, our garbage to the transfer site yesterday. 
It was minus 32. I'm like, come on, truck, you got this. I mean, I had it plugged in, the block heater plugged in. But, uh, man, I was always impressed. I'm like, you know what? You're doing pretty good. For an old truck with a lot of miles, you didn't even bat an eye at this. So right now it's minus 31 Fahrenheit. I'm curious, because minus 40 is equilibrium. What's minus 43? Minus 45 Fahrenheit. That Man, that's bloody cold, eh? Yes. It's funny. I, I, I follow this one gentleman on Instagram, Derek Melton, and... Uh, He's like, he's in Missouri. He's like, man, yesterday was cold and it's cold this morning and now it's up to 58 degrees. And I'm like, how can you go from cold to 58? <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in my shop right now. It's minus 32 degrees. Don't tell me about cold. You don't know what cold is, son. Aye, aye, aye. I, I don't, I don't think I'll ever see another day with the extreme uh, temperature differential between night and day that I experienced one year up in Great Falls. Yeah. It was like minus 54 Fahrenheit. <gasps> and then it was fifty-three or fifty-four Fahrenheit that afternoon. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah the, the extreme was so fast. It was, uh, it popped some of the, uh, uh, welds and fasteners holding our hanger roof on. Wow. At one of the hangers. That wasn't in the 90s, was it? Mid-90s? Yeah. You, I, I rem, do you know when that was? Like 94, 95. It was 95. Because that was the day before I went to Moscow. And I remember we had like minus 30 something and we got to like plus seven or something like that. And I remember it was just mind blowing. And you could stand outside and feel the air getting warm. Oh yeah. That's it was like crazy. standing crazy. Like on radiant heating or something. Yeah. That's so crazy, man. That that is wild that you and I experienced that same weather event. Oh yeah. That's cool, man. Wow. So it popped the welds. Yeah, on just one of the hangers. Wow. And it wasn't like the old hanger. It was one of the new ones. Huh. We were, because we were, uh, I was at work mid shift and then had to come back swing shift the following day. It was ugly. I only had seven hours off. Um, but anyway, so we were inside working on the fuel system of one of the planes, and we're we just heard this god awful pop, you know. Wow! I mean, it hurt. The, it was so loud, uh, and then we saw a little bit of daylight, and we're like, "Oops!" That's crazy, huh? Yeah, that's not so, man. That was Chinook influenced, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That is that's kind of crazy when you think about the fact because I remember that explicitly, and is it it's January, wasn't it? 
No. No, it wouldn't have been. I don't think it was January. No, because... If it was, it was late. Yeah. Anyways, I I, I thought I went to Moscow on January 17th, but... um, Whenever it was, I I can't remember. Yeah. Another year. I remember. It was like like minus 30-something here, and boom, in one day... It went to like above freezing, and I was like, "What on earth?" And then the next day, I jumped on a plane and I went. I flew to well, Chicago and then to Moscow. But that's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, "I've." I wonder if that was the same thing. That's cool, man. Yeah, and then the the year I got there, ninety two, um, that so the winter of late ninety two, early ninety three. Was my first experience with like um, hardcore Chinook winds because we had three, four and a half feet of snow overnight. Like we'll say it was a Tuesday for the sake of the story. Thursday morning, all gone. Hmm. Four feet of snow, all gone. We had a constant Chinook wind right after the snow. That's crazy. Like, and Chinook is snow eater, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do, do you ever get uh, headaches from Chinooks? I got. No, I, I can't recall headaches back then. Once I quit working on airplanes and they made me a, a paralegal inside worker, I started getting headaches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people get really bad, Steph included. She gets pretty bad migraines, so there's a schnook coming. She knows that she's just going to all of a sudden start feeling pretty gross. It's kind of too bad. But Right on. Well, I should, uh, I should probably get out there, get to work. Right now, my feet are nice and warm on this floor, and it's cold outside, so I'm just (laughs) doing all-day podcast, Todd. (laughs) Yeah, might as well. (laughs) To avoid the cold. (laughs) Not much we can do, but sit inside and chat. That's it? Yep. Mm, Right on. Uh, Yeah, I got to go and do a live stream where I curb stomp uh, Mr. Roger. Oh, okay, right on. (laughs) You guys in therapy together. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's good for you. Good for you, you know? But I guess we can say thanks to our listeners for sticking around. Thanks, listeners. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks, Todd. Thank you. I always appreciate Todd. it. You guys, uh, you and your fam jam up there, have a great weekend and a good week. And, you know, hope, hope, hope things go really good for you. Yeah. Your trip is next week, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. So we won't be doing one next week. Not be doing a podcast next week. Our late holiday gift to our listeners. We're skipping a week. I didn't put last week's out. (gasps) You just, you know what? I, I put all the footage, I exported it, and then I got working on the van. Oh man, you just mentioning that. I just realized I ne- so this is the <laughs> this is the second gift we're giving them. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Maybe we keep that one as uh 
in case we miss a week. I don't know. Yeah. And it's really weird that you um, skipped it because uh, Transistor sent me a a big long email with all of our uh, like gold labels. Yeah. Or little stickers or whatever they call it. And we just hit another one last week. What was it? Like, oh, that one must uh, put us over the top. No. I think I even uploaded it to Transistor, I believe. Okay. Shoot. And then I, I just got diving into the van and... Oh, man, that didn't go well. I didn't even want to talk about it. It, it ended up being multiple trips to multiple auto parts stores and this and that, but that's how it goes. Good news is when I wrapped everything up, I didn't have any leftover bolts. And so that's how I know I've done a, <laughs> done a good job. <laughs> Very often. Well, you know, factory installed spare part. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Right on. Well, thanks all. Uh, you guys all have a great week. And thanks, Todd. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye.